20 years ago, I was injured on the job, which left me with a severe permanent disability. It forced me to discover my true passion and purpose. It wasn't until I started my direct sales business and later became one of the company's gratitude ambassadors that I realized I am a giver, a humanitarian, a cheerleader, and have a deep desire to inspire others. I had no idea it was possible to have a bigger impact until I launched my podcast to inspire others to live their passion, reclaim their purpose, and be open to so many possibilities. I am your host, Candace Snyder, and this is the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Okay, we are back with another episode of Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities. And my guest today has actually been a guest on the podcast before, uh, back in June. And today I have Dr. Keith McNally. Keith is the host of several talk series. He hosts the Question Guy podcast, Coach's Corner, and he also has the Envision Speaker series, where he dives into some serious conversations with a panel discussion. And he also is an author and speaker. He's the author of Walking the Path, A Leader's Journey, and he talks about um, impact and transformation. So welcome back to the podcast, Keith. Candace, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I am too. And, you know, both of us, we have something that's very near and dear to our hearts. And that really wraps around the subject of mental health and suicide prevention. And I know that this you're on a mission. You are a man on a mission to spread awareness, stop the stigma, keep the conversation going. And we're going to dive into what you're doing to really spread the word and raise awareness. But last time on the podcast, we didn't really talk about what you personally experienced. So if you could share with our listeners the kind of the backstory, this would give everybody, you know, the, the feel of why this is so, so important. Absolutely, Candice. Absolutely. So um, just to give reference, I am white, Caucasian, 54-year-old man. And that's a bad, that's a bad group of people to fit into because at this point after COVID or post-COVID, um, our suicide rates for this population are staggering. And I'm not a man who relies on the data, although the data is important. I'm a person who's going to dive into the conversation to meet people right where they're at and find out what's going on with their lives. And it's through those conversations and anybody could have them. I mean, you, you, you're a podcast host. We know other podcast hosts. The conversation doesn't typically come up because it's an awkward and sometimes even, you know, a conversation that we don't want to have about what it means to be depressed what it means to be sad, what it means to be to the point where the idea of suicide 
is in our brains. So being 54 and having conversations with people my age, men my age too, those thoughts are very, very real. Those thoughts are more frequent than probably the data even suggests. For example, and now I'm going to get into my personal story in just a bit. So for example, I, by trade, I'm a college professor. So I, you know, there's where the doctor comes in and I've taught IT for many, many years in the college classroom. And typically it's, I teach uh, transitioning military to go out and get an IT job. So it was really cool at the time. And I befriended many of my students and the older one gets uh, in your career, profession, whatever. Uh, And when you're making a pivot in your career from A to B, whatever you did in the military to whatever you're going to do in the civilian life, that transition is difficult. It's always going to be difficult, one, to make change straight out the bat, but going from military to civilian, there's another transition point. If you don't have a support network, that's even more challenging. Um, and then getting an IT job. <laughs> you know, IT is one of those professions where we want to grab them young uh, and companies want to grab young talent, get the most out of them, train them the way they want them to be taught and grow in their, not only in the industry, but in their company. And when you don't fit into the mold, when you don't fit into that perspective, uh, it can be really, really challenging. And for one individual that I know, I'm not going to name names here because it's not important, um, was having difficulty with all of those things. And so it was two or three years past the point that he was my student, um, just still struggling. So I had to ask him. The question was begged. Are you thinking about it? And he simply said, it's plan C. <laughs> so I do know that the fact that it's plan C, which is okay, you know, it's not A or B, it's still in his thoughts. So how does this relate to me? Is that I've had in the past 10 years, I made two attempts. Um, traumatic experiences, first one being family, the second one being I myself uh, faced unemployment for a whole year, for 12 months. And in both situations, either even though they're, they're different systemically, at the core of it all, you lose yourself. You lose your identity, whatever that was. You lose confidence. You lose value. And then when your whole life is ripped apart, quite literally, physically, emotionally, socially, psychologically, you are in a hole. And metaphorically speaking, you know, we got that tunnel and there is no lights. It's a real struggle. It's a struggle to breathe sometimes. It's a struggle to get out of bed. It's a struggle just to do anything. For me, the symptoms are, you know, very, you you just want to (laughs) die. You really do. You just kind of, and you don't, it's not that you want to, kill yourself it says you don't want to live because life has lost all meaning value purpose because there's nothing there um especially you know when you lose a job and you apply to a thousand jobs 
And here you are, you know, over 50, trying to kind of just find something. And what you're really looking for was somebody to say, you're valuable enough that I want to hire you. And if that doesn't happen within a month, two months, six months, 12 months, that's a scary thing to face, especially for somebody, like I say, who's a half a century old. So, yeah, suicide becomes a real thought. Plan C moves to plan B, moves to plan A. That's a lot. Um, You have to breathe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So many things are going through my head because I'm sure as a man, it's, uh, it's different. It's different. You're, you're held to this different standard, especially if you're the breadwinner of the family and you have taking on all this responsibility and you're feeling like, how am I going to provide for my family? You know, how am I going to take care of them? What is going to happen next? 12 months is a long time. Even a month is, you know, more than enough, but to, to go through it for 12 months, so difficult. Um, I've heard people say that it's painful. It's physically painful to be in a deep depression. Did you experience physical pain? The first time I did. And it, I, I, I would honestly say that, and this, I got to say it for what it's worth. And I don't know where your listeners are spiritually speaking, um, but it felt like these, these presences, I would simply call them demons because I grew up Roman Catholic. And so I only know the, the dichotomy between angels and demons. And I'm sure based on my ideas of what an angel does, this wouldn't be an angel's interaction with my body. But quite literally, I felt my body literally being twisted like like a rag or just, it was, it was literally, they were twisting and pulling my body. That's what it felt like. Now, I can't say that that'd be true. I don't know. And it felt anybody touch me, but my body was literally being pulled. And I don't know why. But it may be the depression. So I didn't go in, into any deep, you know, research on what that correlated to. But daggone, <laughs> that's exactly what I was experiencing, you know, 10 years ago uh, was just my my body being pulled. And on top of that, I didn't literally, literally did not sleep for three weeks. And so that was a very that was that so there's a lot of things going on um and so whatever your suicide or whatever your depressive state is will be yours some can't get out of bed i couldn't and then when i tried to sleep you know i was scared to sleep because i just my, my everything about my body was just flipped upside down and so um what is the um the chemical that i think it's cortisol that rises when you're overly anxious um, and, and not a neuroscientist or uh, scientist by any means, uh, but whatever chemical that is, it just totally consumed my body that like, you can't think. Uh, driving's out of the question, although I did a couple of couple of things just to kind of buy food. Um, it's a scary place to be. 
And unless you've gone through it, it's very hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, so to speak, um, and know what that feels like. And that's why we really need people like yourself to share their experiences so that people can understand, you know, I, I myself have experienced my own depression. I was a dental hygienist. I fell off a broken dental chair and I lost my career. Okay. I felt that my identity was really tied to my career as a dental hygienist and to be in physical pain from the fall and having to go through two back surgeries. I know what depression feels like. I don't know what suicidal ideology feels like. I have that is something that I haven't experienced, but as you know, I've lost a brother to suicide. Um, and it's back then people were not talking about depression and mental health the way we are finally, finally talking the way we need to be talking. So I commend you. <laughs> I thank you for sharing what you've experienced. Tell us how you were able to turn it around. And then we're going to go into your new your mission, you know, which is so super important. The the direct answer is you can't do it alone. Uh I at least I've not experienced uh, personally, or people that I've had conversations with, you don't escape depression alone. Now, medications do help. Um, I'm not one for medications, so, uh, and I'm not your medical doctor. So, if you're, me so there's always a balance between, there's a balance of everything in life uh, medical doctor, psychiatry, counseling coaching all the way down to where's your circle of friends right so i just happen to have uh, specific people and i'll just call on you know this latest incident when i was you know unemployed for 12 months uh, there's a, you gotta have at least somebody who's gonna be there uh, and I, th I think the, the metaphor is you know you got somebody's got to carry the flashlight because you sure can't uh, somebody's got to walk you, hold your hand as you walk through the darkness. And somebody's got to be comfortable enough to walk through that darkness with you. Now, those people are far and few between. But in order to survive the depression or the suicide ideation, that's a requirement. And I don't think I've not heard of a situation where that hasn't been a need. There has to be somebody there. Now, everybody's situation is different. Um, you know, if you're on drugs and, you know, you're medically imbalanced, that's a different situation. I'm talking uh, for people who have experienced some type of trauma that they don't have the tools socially, physically, emotionally, spiritually on their own to deal with that that hole becomes so deep, there's no way out. And so for those people i.e. being the example here, me, you need to, there needs to be somebody. And that somebody has to come in and say, today, 
all we're going to do is breathe. And some days that's all you can do is breathe um, because your mind can't focus sitting in this chair. Isn't going to, you know, we're not doing this for eight hours a day, whatever the situation, breathe first, write, write your thoughts down. You have to have a way of getting things out and then talk. You've got to change your talk. Uh, those are three elements of success that I have found that I kind of share with people in different spaces. Um, breathe, write, and talk. Now, this sounds rather simple, but when you are in a space where you're questioning life and death, these things aren't too simple, even breathing. Uh, so there's breathing techniques uh, that I'm not going to you know, share or teach here. This isn't the space for that. But deep breathing, getting all that oxygen in, oxygen really does change the the body. And again, I'm not a doctor here or a scientist. I'm not going to explain, but there are professionals out there who could teach and show. When you're full, when your body's full of oxygen, it actually is different. There's something going on there. Um, I am not an overly spiritual person, uh, even though, like I said, I was very raised Roman Catholic. Um, there are spiritual elements to life. Some people call it energy, whatever you want to call that space. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I release that energy through two methodologies. And I actually, you talked about my book, uh, Walking the Path of Leader's Journey in, my, in our bio entrance. Um, I am a practitioner of writing. Uh, so writing your thoughts down. Uh, you are a practitioner of gratitude. Uh, so I'm sure you keep a gratitude journal of sorts. Um, writing is essential because it's partly releasing the energy. And part of it is uh, mechanically doing something with your body. And so there are different dynamics here. Even if you can't write anything but scribble, get that energy out. That's where it starts. Um, but keep that journal, open up an empty notebook, piece of paper, but stack the papers up. Doesn't matter. Get your ring binder going, whatever it's going to take. This is not, this does not involve the computer. You're not tapping on a keyboard. You're physically putting pencil or pen to hand. And even if it's just scribble, you got, it's, it's mechanical and I can't really explain it, but you got to do it and then talk. You've got to change your talk. And that's probably the most difficult. That's why you start with breathing. You go to writing. And then when you're thinking through the writing becomes more concrete and more in control, then you start have to, you have to talk. Um, we talk about uh, vision boarding. I know vision board coaches or verbalization coaches. You simply have to start talking words and creating a safe space for you to be mentally. And there's a whole strategy on that too. So this is, this is more of a uh, 50,000 foot overview of how to get out of suicide ideation and depressive, you know, depressive symptoms. It's all balanced, but then you have to put things into practice. That's a start. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those are great. Um, I mean, that's so helpful. Um, yes, I do keep a gratitude journal. I think it's important. 
even if you're just grateful for the tiniest thing, um, you know, those little reminders def- definitely can turn around a bad day. Yeah. Um, so you were able to use those three things to turn your thoughts around. Plus the help of an individual. So there's always somebody on the outside mm-hmm. making sure that you're getting out of bed each day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you, I, I'm assuming, right? And you're going to have to fill, fill us in here. Sure. So you were able to turn this around. And I'm sure that like, it's not like one day I'm not depressed anymore, right? It's not like that. You know, it's a process. So would you say that once you found new employment, that started turning things around further? Or or was there like some other step before that happened? The manifestation of the reality, and again, I'm not a guru in that space, um, really, I think it's always good to be, it's always good to work. You know, that's part of being human, doing something and then doing something valuable with your day. Um, It does add value to your life. It adds value to your space and adds money to your pocketbook and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, But to get there on a daily basis, you have to do those three things, breathe right and talk. You have to be willing and this is where it gets and this is where the conversations that i have all the time really become valuable because it's scary it doesn't change doesn't happen overnight please don't expect it to but change does happen with intent and so you don't recognize that at first it's going to be the other person did you get out of bed this morning no well then get the hell out of bed um, put some clothes on, take a shower. And so we're talking about the early stages. Then when these things are routine again, and they have to become routine again, then you have energies for new things, applying for another job, having that interview, whatever that new thing is. Once that becomes routine again, so you, you see there's, we're, scaffold, we're scaffolding here. Once something becomes routine, it's no longer intentional energy that you're putting towards something. You can now put intentional energy because it's routine. Your body is now accommodating the energies to do these basic things. You can regain. So for me, that means exercise. I'm an exercise fanatic. Uh, meaning walking, weights, my body needs to stay active. Well, when you're not sleeping and you're not eating, you know, it's a different whole situation. But once you're back in routine, you could then direct the energies again. You know, go out and walk 10 minutes, whatever that looks like. For me, now it's, you know, two plus hours a day. So I'm out there for seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 miles which is multi-hour events but that's just my craziness but we'll get into that in just a bit what i'm saying is that 
once you develop the routine for something and then you scaffold it to the next level and then you scaffold it to the next level, those routines become embedded and you can invest greater energies in the things that bring you back towards, and I'll just use the word normalcy, you know, whatever normal looks for you, working, job, eating, associating, having a call, having coffee, going out for whatever, going out for dinner. Uh, because even going out for dinner when you're not ready to takes a whole hell of a lot of energy. So you really can't do that. You've got to scaffold that energy. Um, other people, other coaches who were in this space better than me use better words, but for the practitioner and somebody who's been through the situation, it's a, it's a building process. It's a rebuilding process. And so that's why you use scaffolding. That's an educational term if you're not familiar with it. But those who understand, you're just building and then you're building again and then you're building again, but everything below you is now normal to the body again. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's so, how you get from point A to point B to point Z. Yeah. So what made you decide to make this the mission? So I started something called the Envision Speaker Series, and that was birthed from really the Question Guy podcast. So I, I've run a couple of small shows for those of your audience who are listening. And so I really need you to connect on YouTube, on LinkedIn, and start, you know, giving me support here. Um, but to give this a point of reference, and so the Question Guy podcast we were all making pivots. We were all making changes through COVID and the quarantine and people were making very specific and intentional changes. And so my connections with people were with people who were actually doing just that for whatever the need was, whatever the problem was, they wanted to be better. They actually wanted to be different. Um, so what, whatever the situation was, and we could talk about uh, loss of money, house, home, loved ones, family, whatever that situation was, it may have been facilitated by COVID or started before and then emphasized through COVID, whatever that situation was. When we're looked in the mirror and we don't like who we are, I simply say we have two options, or at least that was presented. We can numb the pain, medication, legal, illegal, it's up to you. Or you can make these specific intentional changes to be different. The conversations that I was having were with the latter. People were wanting to be different and so do things differently. Those conversations became recorded conversations. Those recorded conversations became a show. That show became a podcast. Those people I'm still connected with. So I'm still connected with people. And I've had 100, 160, well, actually 200 conversations, 160 recorded. Um, those people are now like you, uh, friends colleagues, connections, people that I know, like trust, and it's reciprocated. And so people know, like, trust me. Uh, that was the starting point. What we're finding is that even though it's 2023 and we're moving into 2024 pretty quickly, as human beings, we are in our infancy in understanding, dealing with, and associating our bodies with our emotions. 
something that you alluded to earlier. We don't understand them. We don't know how to express them. Uh, we don't know what to do when we have them. The only things that we like are, are the only things that we really know to experience are the extremes, love and pain, whatever that is. We experience grief because it's put upon us. Everything else we, we're confused, we muddle through. Thank God there are emotional coaches out there. There are grief coaches and there are life coaches. My goal, and I wanted to cuss there, but I won't cuss on your show. Because <laughs> the conversations need to change. Why are we so scared or stigmatized by having real conversations with people? Men specifically, but men with women, married couples, unmarried couples, parents to children. Parents don't know how to teach their children how to express their emotions in a very natural, healthy way. It's okay to be sad, mad, angry, grief-stricken. It's okay to have emotions. Let's deal with it. Let's talk, with it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the feeling. Let's talk about the thoughts associated with the feelings. So this is why I started the Envision Speaker Series, because there's people out there, there's people who I've talked to already. I said, come back. I've got something new. I need you to come together at the virtual table. Right now it's virtual. At some point it'll be on premise. Um, so we're growing this idea. The first conversation was on men's mental health and suicide prevention. I brought four people that I knew uh, well over the past couple of years. Um, Jerry Klingerman, there's a shout out to him. Hopefully I'm allowed to do that. He's writing a book on how to be a man in the 21st century. And he said a great topic right now because it's a pressing needed conversation is how to be a man and more importantly how to stop these people i.e white men <laughs> midlife crises who are actually dying by suicide it's because they're not having the conversations we're not having the conversations frequently early enough and they're not comfortable you said earlier we're stigmatized i we are why the question really is why. So I've had conversations with a young lady who was emotionally, physically, sexually abused from three to 17. Oh my God, why? What the hell is going on there? Sorry. Um, we have to have a conversation on what it means to be emotionally healthy. Had that conversation, we'll have it again. You know, we have, you know, teachers are treated like crap all over the world, you know? Regardless of country or where you're from globally, um, here in America, this is what we know. Our public school system is horrendous. And we teach, we, we don't value education. We don't value the people who provide it to our young ones. So I had a conversation on what it means to provide specific professional development to embrace teacher mental health. Tomorrow, at the time of this recording, I'm going to have a conversation on LinkedIn with um, Dave Buck. Dave Buck is a retirement coach. And we're going to talk about the value of purpose as we transition from point A to point B. The statistics on retirees is bad because people lose their title, their perceived value, their responsibilities and accountabilities. 
they literally lose themselves. And even though they may be living, they're not living with any more purpose. And that really does seep in to the body, mind, and soul. People who are retired, whether naturally or through intense, are dying because they are no longer connected with life and the people that they were connected to before. They lose that value. They lose their purpose. They lose so that spark. my mission. Yeah. What's that? I said they lose that spark, you know, that they thing. Do. They lose that spark. My mission is to is to change the conversation, but specifically around suicide. Uh, so my mission is to raise a million dollars uh, in the next, <laughs> at least the next 12 months. That's my goal. Um, would like that to be the goal. Um, I support those people who are providing specific services, whether it's grief coaching, um, suicide prevention services, uh, youth mentoring. Uh, there is somebody who is providing uh, social connectedness uh, and through an, through an application, through an app. And so as a team, I'm putting together a group of people who provide specific services as well as myself, as well as my own coaching services uh, to raise that money uh, to make sure that we're having the conversations, that we're helping people who are stressed in dark places, young people who need guidance and direction, older people who need to reevaluate and find purpose again, and then connect with one another. And part of that is also to climb <laughs> and cross the Appalachian Trail. And so uh, as part of my effort to regain my youth, uh, I'm taking a small group of people across the Appalachian Trail from Georgia uh, to Maine. So that's 2,193 miles, depending on who's counting the steps. Um, and so as part of that $1 million, uh, we're going to make this a big social media event uh, to empower people to take on new purpose, challenge them with things that they're not comfortable with. So it's kind of metaphorically and literally, we are going to cross the mountain. Uh, but in realistically, we're also providing the services uh, that will keep people alive, well, and well-intentioned. So when is this trek? Um, at this point, uh, I've been flirting with two dates. And so it's still going to be March, March 1st. Uh, into, initially, it was 2025. I wanted to push that to 2024 because of certain medical conditions I'm under. I may not raise the million before 2025. And so um, if by some miracle, yeah, I'll do it in 2024. Um, if not, I'm good to, to build the relationships. People get to know me, understand my value, and understand my impact in this space, as well as the impact of my team who's providing the services for those in need. So by the, you know, by the grace of God and all of those people who are supporting me, uh, at the very least, uh, 2025 would be the would, would be the start date. So what can the, our listeners do? Where can they go to find out more and support? So if you want to find out more about me and what I'm all about and how I kind of work through this, LinkedIn is the best place. Um, at the time of this recording, 
all of the the campaign page, the GoFundMe page, and the Wish Inc. page. Um, you've connected me with a gentleman named Chase Harmer. Yes. And that's actually going to be, those pages are not up yet. His his platform isn't established yet, but once it is, that's a nonprofit. So anybody who wants to donate can actually donate and receive a tax deductible donation, whatever that is, on your IRS uh, tax forms. Um, there's going to be lots of places where people can funnel monies through. But specifically, um, uh, the Envision Speaker Series, uh, I'm looking for sponsors as well. So there's lots of places to give and support. But at the very least, I would simply ask, go to my YouTube channel, like, comment, subscribe on all my video content. And I always welcome a conversation. So LinkedIn is the best place to reach me for a conversation. Um, I'm going to share this. I don't know how you'll feel about it, but you know, so I've known, well, I've known Keith for way back when, and then we kind of reconnected, but I have to tell everybody that you are really a, what I call a super connector. You're mm -hmm. always thinking about who I can put in touch with each other. So if you are listening I'm going to encourage you just to go follow you, <laughs> follow Keith on LinkedIn and find out what he's all about, because I'm telling you, you will definitely find value in all the information and all the platforms that he's sharing. Um, and I bet you in some way, he'll connect you to somebody that you need to know. More than likely, because I know too many people. <laughs> you know a lot of people, yeah. Definitely. So is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to share? Um, just specifically the book, um, Walking the Path of Leader's Journey, all of the proceeds. Well, I always say the proceeds go this way. 50% of the proceeds go towards a nonprofit organization called the Hope Institute. And that's here in Eastern Shore in Virginia. Um, so it's a nonprofit organization. And specifically, there's a young mentors program uh, that I sponsor through uh, the, the book sales. And then of course the other 50% goes towards the conversations. And so the Envision Speaker Series does require monies to, uh, you know, to publish and to create the content and to bring people into the conversation. So um, the book's always a good sale. <laughs> okay. Well, there will, all your links will be in the show notes. So how to get the book, how to connect with you on LinkedIn, where to find your Envision Speaker Series and your podcasts. Um, everything will be on there. So people can Thanks definitely. I do appreciate that. Kindness looks good on everyone. And that's why the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities podcast has partnered with The Kindness Cause, a creatively curated online shopping experience of fashion-forward gifts that donate to nonprofit organizations to help you shop with purpose and donate in style. Together, our mission is to spread kindness, give back, and empower individuals to pursue their dreams through our exclusive line of inspirational merchandise that not only uplifts your spirits, but also gives back to those in need. Every purchase donates to a charitable nonprofit organization. 
To see this exclusive line, make a purchase, and support a cause, head over to the show notes for the direct link. Okay, I want to ask you something. Sure. And I know you've answered these questions before uh, when you were back on the podcast in June, but I want to know if anything's changed since you answered these questions because, hey, you never know. They might have changed. Oh, I remember my answers from the first time. I do. I I do. Well, I'm going to. Okay. So the first P question is. What is something you're passionate about that people might not know about you? And last time you answered exercise. Well, I even gave the clothes because I said I'm an exercise fanatic in your show. <laughs> um, what am I passionate about? Um, you know, if, if, it's, if it's outside of me, um, you know, the first thing I have to say is my daughter. And so my daughter is precious to me. So there's another P word. Um, but to really kind of put this into focus, you know, you talked about uh, me connecting people. Now, there, there's there's a story behind everything. And so I grew up in a very traumatic family of origin. So you, you talked about, we knew it. So everybody on our audience, um, we live literally down the street from each other. So she's as old as my oldest, uh, my older sister by five years. And so you've got that connection. And I'm as old as your younger you know, your younger sister. So we're, we're that old. Um, but family have moved away. My parents divorced, um, moved back to Philly eventually, joined the core. All that to say is growing up wasn't easy for me. And I didn't have too many friends. Um, I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like to be lonely. Uh, I know what that space is like. And so here as an adult at 54, I don't even get paid for it. I don't run a networking group. I just have conversations with people because it's important to know people and know their stories. Um, and then when I see where there's a there's a possible connection, uh, especially for the fact that you do run a podcast, so that makes it a bit easier. Uh, I connect people with all the time uh, with one another, and so my intent is to add value to their lives. And I'm not looking for, you know, any reciprocation on that fact. So you're definitely passionate about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't even know how many people you have connected me to. That's okay. Um, Nobody's counting. We don't need to count. (laughs) Okay. The second question is, what is your definition of purpose? And you might say the same thing. You might not. But from I don't even remember specifically word for word, but maybe there's somebody listening that didn't listen to your conversation before. So they want to know what your definition of purpose is. I don't know what I answered before, but um, my book, uh, Walking the Path, is all about making an impact. And so... Uh, purpose is about making an impact and it could be for just um, sharing your lunch with somebody who may be unemployed health we don't even know uh, or is going through a hard time having that conversation sometimes you know smiling (laughs) 
you know, at the lady running the cash register, if there's still people doing that, um, wherever that, wherever that is, you can make an impact anytime, any time of the day, wherever you are, doesn't matter. Make an impact, change somebody's life, even if it's just giving them hope today. That's, that's purpose. I love that. Okay. Is there a possibility, a dream or a vision you have that hasn't come to fruition yet besides the Appalachian Trail and raising a million dollars? Is there something else? Okay. Let's put this into perspective so people can kind of understand. Um, at the time of this recording, and so at the time of this recording, it's late September, almost October, 2023. I had a heart attack, a major heart attack of in October, 2022. So almost a year ago, um, medically speaking, I should be dead. Uh, it was that severe of a heart attack. My heart is severe. The organ itself is severely damaged. Um, so that was one of the, the motivations to do the hike in 2024. Uh, not 2025, because quite literally, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it to 2025. However, I've got people, uh, and that's just because the medical the medical professionals who are treating me um, don't give me, you know, it's not a cancer diagnosis that you got three months to live, but it's severe enough to say it's severe enough. <laughs> um, but I know people who are just very encouraging, um, and then I know people who are, you know, healers and energy and all that kind of stuff and say we could fix that <laughs> and so i'm reluctant to take that path but i say all that to say one i'm okay to die i've made the attempt twice and so i'm not afraid to die uh, so when that happens i've also got a will and so my family is taken care of Bef between then and now between then and now, between now and then, if it's possible to have a million conversations with one million different people, that's my intent. Wow. If it's possible. I'm speechless. I am speechless. And I'm only at a 200. So I got a long way to go. <laughs> I've got two. You have to keep going, Keith. You can't, you can't just, well, I know, I know that you would not stop. You know, because that's your personality. And this You're only counts as one because we've had a conversation before. So I'm, I'm talking about 999,999 more because <laughs> you only count as one. I need a, I need a, one million people to connect with to have conversations with. I better get that's, on it. I, I better get on it. Keith, <laughs> I love what you're doing. We need more people like you to keep the conversation going around mental health, suicide prevention, especially men's mental health. Yeah. Um, the more conversations you have, the more impact you're going to have. So, and I, I know so. you talked about the ripple effect. Mm. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, yes, it's brave. It's brave to put it all out there. Not everybody would do that, but thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
If you enjoyed the show, please submit a rating and review and share with a friend. This helps us reach more listeners so we can make a bigger impact. From time to time, we share our reviews live on our episode. Your review could be the next one we share. Please head on over to our website, passion, purpose, and possibilities.co to receive a free gift I am waiting for you. And if you heard something today that truly inspired you, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at Candace Snyder at passion, purpose, and possibilities.co. Thank you again for listening.